You're listening to Tech Thursday on West Limerick 102 FM. Hello there and you're very welcome to Tech Thursday. This is Patrick Sheehan. I'm going to be with you for the next hour or so, looking at all the latest in tech and answering any questions you might have. As always, you can call 069-66200 or you can text or WhatsApp 087-166-9800 and uh, I'll answer any questions you might have on the next show. You can also email, of course, if you have a, a longer question or uh, uh, it's probably the easiest way to get me anyway. That's patrick102fm at gmail.com. So to start off today, we see that OnPost is releasing five new postcards featuring stunning photographs from various locations across Ireland. They showcase the beauty of Ireland from Clifton to Poolbeg. The captivating images taken by photographer Jack Cafferty are available to buy online or in person in any post office. Sarah O'Dwyer from OnPost says that they're designed to help people to stay connected with loved ones. Let's see what she had to say. We've got five really different uh, postcards, all kind of showing the beauty of Ireland, all, everything from, you know, the, the green landscapes that everyone would associate with Ireland, but also um, kind of our cityscapes as well. So a really nice mix. It's always nice to see new new stamps and postcards and things like that. Give a bit of a of variety and show showcase Ireland. Uh, and it's nice to send it out send them out foreign, I suppose. To friends or family in foreign countries and show them a nice picture of Ireland. Uh, YouTube uses AI to summarize videos in its latest test. Uh, the test is only available for a limited number of videos and users and won't replace existing video descriptions, but YouTube hopes that it will help viewers to decide what to watch. Uh, they're experimenting with the use of AI to auto-generate YouTube video summaries, according to a notice on a support page dated from 31st of July. It was spotted by Android Police and notes that these summaries will not only appear next to a limited number of English language videos, but will only be viewable by a limited number of users. They'll appear on YouTube watch and search pages and are intended to give a brief overview of videos' content without replacing their existing description written by a human. I suppose maybe it's just a tool to help the uploader to um, generate a, a summary on their video without having to type it up themselves or something like that, some part of the YouTube studio tools or something, uh, but it's only available on some videos and uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see uh, if how accurate it is because... AI is very hit and miss at the moment when, when it comes to accuracy in, a, in a, the ideas it comes up with and the answers to questions and things like that. So it'll be interesting to see where that goes. Uh, Taiwan's TSMC is to invest 2.9 billion euro or billion dollars in a, in a new plant as demand for AI chips soar. Um, Hong Kong, uh, TSMC, the world's largest chip maker, says it plans to invest nearly 90 billion new Taiwan dollars, which is $2.9 billion US, to build an advanced chip plant in Taiwan as it uh, expands production to meet booming demand for artificial intelligence products. Uh, last week, their CEO uh, told an analyst that the company plans to roughly double its capacity for advanced packaging in 2024 compared to 2023 in order to meet strong demand for AI chips from its customers, uh, which includes NVIDIA and AMD. Uh, advanced packaging in the semiconductor industry involves high-tech methods for aggregate components from various wafers in order to create more powerful computer chips. Uh, they said the new plant is expected to create 1,500 jobs. 
all to meet the market needs. Yeah, there's there's been a big shortage the last few years. Uh, some cars weren't being made and some cars were being built differently. There was some, like a, a BMW that was out with a certain screen or something in it and in the new model didn't have that screen. And they kind of, uh, it was like you were getting less specs because of the chip shortage. They had to kind of redesign the interior of the car. I think it was maybe just in the US market or something like that, but uh, they had to change the specs of some things and it was increasing the prices of other products. And so it will be good now if they'll be able to keep up with the, with the demand, I suppose. Microsoft Teams adds spatial audio for more immersive conference calls. You can use your PC speakers uh, or a wired headset, but Bluetooth earbuds and headphones are no are no go for now. After a few months of testing the feature, Microsoft has widely rolled out spatial audio for its Teams desktop app on Windows and Mac OS, similar to what Apple has done with FaceTime. Yeah, Microsoft's implementation of spatial audio makes it so that voices of everyone on a call sound like they're more spread out, with each person having a distinct position based on what they, where they are on the screen. Uh, team spatial audio aligns the perceived audio location for each participant in their, with their video representation to make it easier for users to track who is speaking and to understand better when multiple speakers are speaking at the same time and to lower meeting fatigue with cognitive load, Microsoft Hong Sundoma wrote. Uh, so yeah, that's a good idea, I suppose. It's... Um we all remember years ago that thing the uh, you have the headphones and the the barber is cutting your hair and you can hear it on one side and hear it on the other side and it's moving around you and all that so it's it's kind of that kind of effect so if you have four people on a screen and you have a speaker set up you can hear uh, people from from whatever direction uh, or part of the screen they're on so and if two people are talking at the same time left and right we'll say you can hear one from the left speaker and one from the right and uh, and then if you have a surround sound I suppose it would be a more advanced version you could hear um, more from different parts of the room and things like that so uh, that's pretty cool incandescent light bulbs are now banned in the US and here's what to buy instead so the old fashioned light bulbs uh, have they been they've been phased out here for a good while but they're now uh, out in the US as well so uh, some this article on um, USA Today is looking what are the best alternatives so they're looking at some light bulbs uh, I presume they'll be quite familiar to us anyway LED light bulbs smart light bulbs um, compact fluorescent light bulbs uh, CFLs are still being sold and manufactured for now though they are less efficient than LED light bulbs so buyers should take caution uh, sleek lighting offers inexpensive light bulbs so yeah this is just one that they're looking at actually that happened to me recently um, my kitchen has been incredibly dark all the time and I, so I was thinking to get because uh, you know in different offices I've been in the stuff it's nice and bright because they have those long fluorescent bulbs you know those like f- four foot five foot long fluorescent bulbs the double tubes and I was thinking to put put some of those in my kitchen to try to brighten it up a bit because it's it's not that bright so I went to one of the local electrical stores and um I was asking about those and they said, did you think of uh, the considering the LED version? And I hadn't really, but they had um, uh, like a more compact version of those. So it was, uh, it was the, I wanted to get the, the, the bulbs in the case and everything. 
so the 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 light would be filtered. Um, so this was like a pre-filtered, you know, a strip of LED lights, uh, kind of a higher quality, about five foot long. Um, then you're say higher quality than your the ones you'd have on the back of the TV or something. You know, those kind of the normal strip lights you'd get in the pawn shop or something. Um, uh, they were like uh, yeah, pretty strong LEDs, but uh, it, it was all encased and the, the, the light is quite filtered. So you can't even make out the individual kind of uh, LEDs and uh, it's a lot more compact as well. So, yeah, I changed I, instead of uh, get, putting two fluorescent bulbs, I actually the, the salesman convinced me that the LEDs would be better. So uh, I got the, the LED uh, f- kind of equivalent of fluorescent uh, set up and it's quite good now. I find it uh, quite bright and it, I suppose it would be a lot more uh, light efficient as well I actually kept the current lights I had I had those the individual pointy lights uh, but they were you know extremely bright where they're pointing <laughs> and the rest of the room is pitch dark they're very um, one directional uh, so the fluorescent is doing all the kitchen part and I pointed all those lights at kind of the other side there where the table and chairs and all that is um, so you know uh, I, I, at least I still get use out of those it lights up where I need it to and in the fluorescent light is for all the cooking and cleaning and everything else I can see quite well what I'm doing so uh, yeah that's uh, that's handy if you ever need if you're like me and you have a very dark kitchen you're looking for uh, something uh, to brighten it up more and, and a more I suppose energy efficient version of a fluorescent bulb setup then uh, the, there's an LED version of those as well the long unit and you can actually change the, the color temperature of the of the light itself as well there's like three different settings you know kind of more yellowish and white and blue or something like that um but you know there are just different variations of uh, of white we'll say they're not they're not uh, <laughs> it's not like a disco or something where it's bright blue and bright yellow or something like that it's just uh, variations on the on the color or the temperature of the light uh, so Alienware's new Aurora R16 desktop sheds gobs of plastic for a 40% smaller build uh, Alienware has clearly heard the feedback uh, it's pre-built or a desktop PC needed work particularly in the cooling department so the new Alienware Aurora R16 is laser focused on fixing that to the point that the company is largely ditching its trademark out of this world look the new Aurora R16 is largely the same basic steel chassis inside but with the same 25.2 litres of space for your components but its boxy new design ditches multiple pounds of plastic to make the entire computer 40% smaller in volume, shrinking all the way down from 60.7 litres to 36. The goal, they said, is to not be impeded by plastics, or specifically for increased airflow, Alienware told journalists. So it looks quite good, the new redesign, very um, futuristic looking. Uh, the result is up to 10% lower CPU and 6% lower GPU temperatures and 20% quieter system on average. It's the quietest Aurora that the company has ever built, uh, says longtime Alienware vet Eddie Goyanes. Uh, the PC now pulls its air through the stadium loop, a large looped vent on both sides in the front of the rig. 
with a single 120 millimeter rear exhaust fan and alien head logo at the front also uh, has rgb leds inside which is an optional 240 millimeter liquid cooling radiator or there's also an optional uh, radiator with twin 120 millimeter fans to go on top so there's a few different varieties so yeah it just looks like a normal boxy pc but the front part has a big long vent down along it um yeah so uh it's it gets a bit more cooling so that's good for alienware fans because they're not cheap but they're they're high performance so and high performance usually needs high cooling uh sos here's why uh how to set your phone's emergency settings and why it could be a lifesaver now this goes article goes on to talk about rapid um rapid os or rapid sos uh it's an app i think for for sos but i don't know if it would be because uh, it's talking about uh ringing 911 which is in america so i don't know if it would be um if it would be applicable to us uh any information is how does rapid os uh, here's how your gadgets can save your life so you can set up with uh, different ga- wearable gadgets and things like that um, I might look into this and um, have a look maybe for next week's show uh, rapid SOS if it's uh, if it if it works here uh, exercising for as little as three seconds a day can make you stronger three seconds that's very short uh, researchers in Australia found tiny amounts of activity performed regularly can improve fitness and health as muscles like to be stimulated regularly a scientist in Edith Cowan University found slowly lowering an, a heavy dumbbell from a bend uh, to a straight arm five seconds or five days a week significantly improved muscle strength. Uh, the study published in the European Journal of Applied Physiology also found regular shorter sessions are more beneficial than one or two longer training sessions in a week. Uh, so that's quite good. It's a you know a, maybe a less stressful uh, option for some people. Do you know do do ten or fifteen minutes a day, uh, five or six days a week when it's not much. When you you know even just go for a walk and it's always good. Lift a bit of weights and things like that. And um, even if you're thinking oh I'm going to have to be doing this for hours and hours, just do ten minutes here. Maybe have a break and do ten minutes more, or something like that. Or uh, or or do it every day but anything you do that's more than what you're doing at the moment is is a is an improvement i suppose uh, meta and the ufc are teaming up on a ufc themed experience in horizon worlds uh, to uh, get ready to see a virtual octi- octagon in meta's metaverse social platform uh, Meta and the UFC are working together to make a special UFC-themed experience in Meta's Horizon Worlds social VR platform, according to a Meta blog post on Wednesday. In the UFC zone, you'll be able to watch 4K 180-degree streams of fights, socialize with other players about UFC, see a virtual re- recreation of the octagon, and compete in in-world games to get exclusive unlockable rewards and eventually become a UFC Hall of Famer. It's set to launch sometime in November. I'm not a UFC fan, so I don't think I'll be spending much time in the zone. But the dedicated, this person, not me, I am a UFC fan. Uh, but this the, the dedicated UFC space in Horizon Worlds is just one of a growing number of tailored experiences from Meta to try to get people to hang out in the platform. It's reportedly struggled to keep users. Uh, last week, for example, Meta launched uh, an in-Horizon 
first-person shooter called Super Rumble. Uh, in a blog post discussing the game, the company said that it was the first of many world's exper- world experiences to come and will showcase improvements like better graphics, deeper gameplay, and a variety of quests and rewards. Experiences like Super Rumble and the forthcoming UFC Team Zone could prove to be important as Meta expands Horizon Worlds from VR to other platforms. The company might finally be launching the mobile version of Horizon Worlds uh, maybe at its Connect event on the 27th of September. Uh, Meta also said it's working with a web version of the app. Uh, Meta's Wednesday blog post also included a schedule for upcoming UFC fights. You can watch in VR and Quest headsets through the stadium spelled with an X, X Stadium app uh, with a UFC Fight Pass subscription. I'm guessing Meta's CEO Mark Zuckerberg, who has completed competed in Jiu-Jitsu, might be tuning in. That is, if he's not training in the octagon in his backyard. Yeah, so he's he's gone big into MMA and uh, UFC stuff like that at the moment. Jiu-Jitsu. Uh, new figures show we're now spending 1.3 billion euro a year on streaming services. Research by Pure Telecom reveals the average adult in Ireland spends 28 euro and 26 cent a month on video streaming subscriptions. The study shows there's an increase of 330 million euro in video streaming spending since 2021. Irish film director Jim Sheridan says live TV needs more support in order to survive. It's reaching the extinction level. Like first to go was cable in the US, then RTE will go, BBC will go. I mean, they won't go so long as they're supported on life support by the government. And probably that needs to happen uh, just as the government in Ireland supports Screen Ireland. I suppose, yeah. Look, his his point is is a is a valid point, and other people didn't say it's you know people are paying for Netflix and their shows because the the quality of programming they have, and you know that if the quality on terrestrial TV uh, was was you know to the same level that that people would be supporting that as well, and it's just that uh, they go where the the best programming is, I suppose. Uh, Reddit says it has recovered from some major outages. Uh, for more than an hour, I was logged in. I couldn't get pages to load, so this is an article in The Verge. Uh, Reddit, Reddit says it has recovered from some big issues that lasted for about an hour. While outages were happening, uh, they couldn't load any Reddit pages on browsers. Uh, they were logged out of the site. They ran into error messages and saw blank white screens. Uh, they tried to visit the site while logged out. Pages loaded fine. But it seems to be back up and running again. Just seemed to go a bit haywire for a while. <laughs> uh, the best of TVs of 2023. Uh, why trusted reviewed? Uh, reviewed mission is to help you buy the best of. So this is a uh, reviewed on USA Today. Uh, so I don't know if all these TVs will be available on the Irish market. But uh, the names look familiar anyway. So... Um, Number one overall is uh, in their in their um, list is the LG OLED 55C2PUA. Uh, pros and cons: world class picture quality, top tier gaming TV, and wafer thin design. The cons are not as bright as top shelf QLED TVs, and slight off angle color shift. Uh, but it's the best overall. Uh, the second. Uh, in their list is the Sony XR65A95K. Um, 
the pros are world-class picture quality, superb design, fast, flexible software, and the cons are gaming support is so-so and minor color fringing. Uh, the third is the best value one, is the Hisense 65U8H. The pros are that it has excellent contrast and color, easy to use smart, smart platform, uh, strong gaming support for the price. The cons is a few picture processing quirks, narrow viewing angle and lackluster design. Uh, the next one is the Samsung Q... Samsung... Some people I've heard as well say, and I almost did it there, say Samsung Sams, or Samsung instead of Samsung, uh, but I almost did it there. Uh, their QN... 55QN90BAFXZA. So that's an easy one to remember. <laughs> uh, it's a bit. Uh, uh, this is the best for bright rooms. Um, pros and cons is incredibly bright and brilliantly showcases HDR and great for next gen gaming. Uh, the cons are there's no Dol Dolby Vision. Uh, it notices light bloom. There's noticeable light bloom and would benefit from calibration. Uh, the, the next one is the best one under $500 uh, is the TCL 55S 55 so two fives S and three fives uh, so that's a little easier <laughs> to remember than the one earlier and that's the best budget one we'll say uh, excellent out-of-the-box performance, snappy Roku operating system, great for casual, casual gaming. Uh, some of the cons are some light bloom and Roku are bust. Also, uh, you kind of have to use Roku. But I suppose you could plug in, um, you could surely plug in a Google Chromecast TV or different ones, whatever you had on on, on us. But uh, I suppose they mean built in that it's, it's uh, you don't have, uh, you know, Apple TV or Google TV or whatever to choose from built in. Wouldn't it be, uh, I suppose it'd be too expensive, but be handy if you had a TV uh, with a number of operating systems and then uh, when you uh, set it up for the first time, it'll ask you, do you want to, you know, which, which platform do you use for your home entertainment? Is it Apple? Is it Android? Is it Amazon? Something like that. And it would have whichever one, you know, have them all built in and you just choose the one you want. And it would work with that. Like some speaker systems and things, you, you kind of uh, set them up for whatever uh, setup you have, and they have a kind of a few different options to choose from. As times go by, standards improve and features change, but the basics of a good TV remain the same. You want inky black levels, uh, bright colors, excellent processing, and fast, intuitive, smart interface. So yeah, that's exactly right. Um, yeah, and uh, they left sound out of that, which I would agree, <laughs> I would agree with in some ways, because I always use surround sound. I've had the same surround sound system since the 90s. It's a grand, it's a 5-1 surround sound. And it'd be hard enough to get one, you know, you'd probably get a higher audio quality, maybe. I'm not sure nowadays. But it'd be hard to get the same power because I think they've gone down a lot when it comes to power output. It's like 1,500 watts or 1,200 watts. And you're not going to get that. Now, maybe they're just more efficient nowadays. And But most of them I see are like 120 watts or less, you know, 40 watts and things like that. Surround sound system, you know, maybe 100 watts. And this is like... 1200 or 1500 watt now maybe it's just that you can get more nowadays it's much more efficient and stuff but it, it still sounds pretty good to me anyway and uh, i've just i've never you know whenever i've changed tvs i've just plugged in that it has all the uh f fiber optic cable connection and all that 
uh, and it has yeah lots of different inputs and outputs and everything so even has HDMI plugs in it even though I have it for a, a long time I got it along with my first full HD TV which was a long a long time I still have that actually I use it uh, in my upstairs bedroom it was it's amazing how TVs actually have increased in size over the years you know I thought it was huge at the time buying like a 40 inch TV years ago I, I, I went all out and <laughs> saved up my money and bought a, a massive 40 inch TV but nowadays 55 inches 65 inches is is a kind of average size that people have for TVs and more uh, so uh, this LG OLED stunning contrast oh yeah that was the number one uh, with Dolby Vision support and LG's WebOS smart platform I heard that improved a lot because I had an LG TV at one stage as well a full HD one with 3D and things like that but um it, uh, the, the interface was very poor with it. I had to, same thing, I think at the time I was probably using a Roku and uh, that was the interface I used because the built-in one was too slow and too clunky and it didn't have choice of apps and things like that so I was using a, a, a Roku at the time. But um, I heard they have improved a bit, all right. And uh, same as Android's OS and things on TVs. Uh, it's cutting edge gaming support and is top tier for gamers as well. And they, they go on to review all those TVs that I talked about there in more depth. And that's on um, USA Today. Uh, so if you want to have a look at those lists, they give all the different sizes. They come in 42 to 83 inches for those for that LG uh, and so on. What's the number two? Sony go is 55 and 65. Um, the high since I was talking about 55 to 75. Samsung goes up to 95 inches <laughs> that'd be I don't know if I'd, I'd I'd make it fit in my sitting room <laughs> but uh, yeah it goes from 43 to 95 inches uh, the TCL goes from 50 to 75 inches and yeah so that's it uh, that's uh, some of the TVs if you want to read in more depth it's on uh, USA Today on their website uh, Elon Musk says he's going to talk to Tim Cook about adjusting the Apple tax uh, so I saw actually I saw that I read that uh, this morning maybe on X as it's called now instead of Twitter um he was talking about creators uh, if they wanted to i think it was posting videos that he would they wouldn't be charging them that they'll whatever money they make they get a hundred percent of it themselves or something like that and um that they won't be charging fees they were going to do it for free for the first year and then charge 30 percent after that but now They've changed it where they're... This is all off the top of my head now, but they, uh, it's for free uh, forever on, until you make over 100000 a year or something like that, and then they'll charge the 30% uh, after a year. So even if you start right now and you're making a hundred grand straight away, they won't charge you, or, or a million quid, they won't, uh, they won't charge you any fee for using the platform uh, until a year. Uh, so as uh, for small creators and people starting up that are below 100 grand which would be the vast vast majority they won't get charged for it but he was saying that uh, if you're using an iPhone you're still going to get caught with the Apple tax which they charge everybody that wants to put an app on, on iPhones and people are always giving out about it uh, but he says he's going to try to talk to uh, Tim Cook or <laughs> Tim Apple as he was called once and uh, see if he would uh, be able to work a deal to do the same as what 
they are doing you know that okay look charge your fee but wait till it's over 100 grand and after a year uh, so and see if uh, Tim Cook would be able to budge a bit but if he budges with them uh, you'll have a uh, hundred thousand other apps wanting uh, the same kind of idea and I don't know if that's going to happen but he said he's going to talk about the Apple tax again in a post uh, and the billionaire said he will speak with Tim Cook to see if Apple CEO would adjust the 30% commission the company takes on an in-app purchase. Right now, Apple takes 30% cut on all in-app purchases on iOS, including the subscription sold by creators through Twitter, which is absolutely crazy. Do you know, the phone is just a host for the, you know, say I want to put my app on your phone. Uh, you know and that's it you know you you pay your fee to have the app on the phone but they want the stuff you sell in the app as well they want to cut to that and I don't know it's, it's a bit crazy but um, but that's the way it's always been and I hear so many different creators and so many different companies giving out about it that, uh, that they, they charge so much that other companies don't uh, to, the, to, to the same extent anyway Um but Musk says he wants to change this so that Apple only takes 30% commission on the portion of the payout kept by Twitter. Uh, Musk adds that Twitter is also charging, uh, changing the way it takes cuts from its creators. Instead of taking 10% of subscription revenue from creators after 12 months, uh, oh no, so it's only 10%, I was saying 30%. It's, oh, it's uh, 30% is Apple's cut, that's why I was getting mixed up. Uh, Musk says Twitter will only take 10% once payouts exceed 100,000 which is much better than other platforms charge uh, when it comes to posting uh, content and things like that. They're, so their cut would be uh, definitely more in favor of creators than some other content hosting apps. So yeah, that's quite good. But it all depends on how many views and stuff, how much you actually make out of it then as well. Do you know, if you're on YouTube and you're making a million quid a year, but YouTube is taking their cut. It's still better than, say, if you went on Twitter or X now, as it's called, and uh, you um, you were uploading there, but only making, you know, a few grand or, you know, a hundred grand a year, but getting the full amount. So it all depends on how much you can make out of it, too. Um, last year, Musk likened Apple's fees to a hidden 30% tax on the Internet and delayed the rollout of Twitter Blue on iOS to avoid paying Apple's fees. Around the same time, Musk also said that Apple had threatened to withhold Twitter uh, from their app store. But after going to visit Cook at Apple's HQ, came away saying that it, there was some sort of misunderstanding. Uh, will Apple adjust its policy to appease the billionaire? It stared down others like uh, Epic Games and Fortnite, for example. But it has at times carved out exemptions for apps like Netflix, Spotify and Kindle. Okay. Um, to do things like linking to the web for users to create an account. Yes, it's so restrictive, things like that, on iOS uh, compared to Android. You know, it's a very clean system and it's very smooth if you're using it uh, as a, from a user's point of view. But for when it comes to external links and um, different setups and things like that, it's it's a lot uh, more restrictive. Um, but that's the, way, that's the way they're set up, so we'll, it'll be interesting to see how Mr. Musk gets on. Uh, the Sunto Vertical Titanium Solar, an excellent, elegant outdoor watch. So this is to use, S-U-U-N-T-O, Vertical Titanium. I haven't heard of it now. Uh, it's easy to forget that there are more options in the smartwatch world, smartwatch world than just the Apple Watch. 
and Wear OS devices like the Pixel Watch and the Samsung Galaxies. Uh, however, those looking for something a little different or mission-specific, an outdoor watch like the Sunto Vertical Titanium Solar. Uh, will provide smartphone notifications and all the tools you might need on your next adventure and could be easily what you're after. It's $840, though. Um, pros and cons, let's see. Attractive design, great. Uh, let me see. Yeah, it's quite nice. It has a uh, round bezel. Uh, it has quite thick... Um, bezels on it as well on the screen you know it has a, an outside bezel like a like a rolex submariner or something like that but it has a thick bezel on it as well and has three buttons uh, on the outside as well um attractive design great fitness tracking features and it's solar powered but it lacks many popular smartwatch features and it's premium price so yeah it is quite uh it has bluetooth gps heart rate barometer and compass um 1.4 inch matrix uh, display with high visible high visibility and sunlight um it's water resistance to 100 meters sleek design uh they kind of liken it to the, the chunkiness of like a Casio G-Shock. Uh, it's more so, subtle in shape, making it a great choice for those who want a rugged but understated outdoor companion. But uh, it has solid activity tracking, offline maps. One of the biggest advantages of this watch over some alternatives is that it allows the users to store offline maps. Uh, the app design to go with it is quite good. Long battery life. Up to 85 hours of continuous exercise. I had a watch for, I paid 50 quid for one time and it, it would last like uh, over two weeks. Uh, so this 85 hours is good, but uh, with, with, I suppose with GPS tracking and everything on it, I don't know uh, the specs of the watch I had at the time. Um, but uh, 60 hours on the non-solar model with slightly less accurate tracking. Uh, you'll get 500 hours of continuous GPS tracking and a daily and in daily mode, which turns location tracking off, you'll get up to 60 days with the non-solar model and up to a massive year with the solar model. Uh, that's very good. With, uh, so that's very good, yeah. With the, You can charge it up with solars, which is quite good. Uh, a little hard to test over a few weeks, but at the end of the testing period, I still had over 90% remaining, which included using the device for fitness tracking and location-based workouts. So, you know, it is quite cool, but the, the price is absolutely crazy. Um, the Garmin Phoenix 7, it costs 650 It's just comparing it to some of the other ones. Um, it's uh, The least expensive version of it costs 629 But if you want the titanium-clad one with the solar panels, uh, it's $839. So... Yeah, it's quite it's quite an expensive gadget. Uh, DJI's new Osmo Action 4 camera delivers brighter footage for more money. Uh, it has a slightly larger image sensor and sells for a $70 premium compared to the older Action 3. Uh, it's launching its latest iteration of its sports action video camera, the Osmo Action 4, at $400. Uh, the new standard combo option is about uh, $70 more expensive than the Osmo Action 3. It's succeeding, but the company is promising remarkable low-light performance with the new one, thanks to a new larger 1-1.3-inch uh, image sensor. With the new sensor, Osmo Action 4 can capture more light through its f2.8 aperture 155-degree ultra-wide ultra lens, 
which is similar to the one affixed to the Action 3. Uh, in addition, Action 4 can shoot footage in a 10-bit D-Log M for higher dynamic range, giving you more color correction flexibility in the, ex- uh, the editing room. Uh, Action 4 also supports larger 512 gig micro SD cards to hold potentially larger video files. Um, even though Action 4's sensor is bigger than the Action 3's 1 to or 1 to 1.7 inch one, both models capture 4K footage up to 120 frames per second max. And this compares to the GoPro's current flagship Hero 2 black camera, which can which can match that and support 5.3K up to 60 frames per second. Uh, so yeah, they they're improving all the time. Actually, speaking of action shooting, I tried a stabilization gimbal actually during the week a friend of mine uh gave it to me he got a new one and uh the he gave me the old model which is still only like eight months old so but it's quite good uh so it's the z zeon smooth q4 uh it's a stabilization gimbal for a mobile phone and uh, I find it quite good now. Uh, this one comes with a, it's like a magnetic light that goes onto it, uh, which you can use, you can flip either way because it's magnetic, you can flip it back and forth. It has three filters or tr- four, three or four filters with it as well that are um, magnetic and uh, different color filters on the, the light part of it. But the the actual um, stabilization gimbal itself um it has an extendable it has a tripod that comes with it and it's also extendable like a selfie stick uh so it can pull out uh, not as long as a lot of selfie sticks but but uh, quite good Uh, it's a three-axis stabilization i was messing around trying to figure it out at the start and i wasn't sure what was happening but i watched actually one or two um youtube tutorial videos and uh, it's very good uh, instruction on how to use it. So you can do facial tracking. Uh, you can uh, flip it from vertical to horizontal. Uh, so it's all like multiple clicks of different buttons and things like that. That's why I wasn't. Uh, I was just doing things by accident. <laughs> how did I do that? How can I do that again? So I actually watched the instruction videos. And uh, once you actually get to know the instructions and a bit of practice with it, it becomes intuitive. But if you're if you just get it out of nowhere and try it out, it can be a bit uh, confusing. So uh, that would be a recommendation if you're going on holidays and you have a new gimbal or something like that. Um, definitely watch a few tutorials, practice with it a bit, you know, make a few videos and things like that uh, before you go on holidays. And that way, when you go there, you know what to do. Um, make sure your phone fits as well uh, i tried my phone and my wife's phone in it and they both work fine um most of the time you have to take the cases off especially because i use the pop sockets and things so you have to take the case off but once it's in the gimbal anyway it more than likely uh it, it's quite good grip anyway so they wouldn't be falling out it's the same with this goes for all most of them uh but the light is uh I've seen a few of them now. It's the first one I've seen with a light, and it's quite good. Uh, so there's like a scroll wheel for zooming in and out, and you just hold that in, and it turns the light on, and you tap it in, and it, it uh, increases or decreases the brightness, and uh, hold it in again to turn it off. So uh, it's quite good. As, as I say, you can set it up on the tripod, and you can use gestures, like hold your hand up beside your face, and it will start recording. And it will activate tracking. So if you set it up on a tripod in front of you, uh, even five feet away, and you're talking uh, and you move around, it'll follow you. 
so it's uh, it's quite good it's quite smooth as the as the name goes so uh, but there's the there's the DJI Osmo I think there's a few different ones out there um, the Hohem brand H-O-H-E-M is another one uh, that one is the Z- ZY they call it as well Q4 Z- Z-Y-H-U-N I think it is uh, and the, f- the most famous one would be the DJI uh, one but there's lots of other ones as well on the market but uh, in this specific instance I'd, I'd recommend getting a fairly decent one because the apps to go you kind of now a lot you can use them without using the apps but the apps help you for when it comes to zooming in and out and doing the facial tracking and different things like that so uh, because you need to install it on your phone and use the camera through that and things if you want to use all those features now it'll still keep your camera smooth if you want to use your own app but the buttons even the record button and things like that mightn't work without uh, without using the matching app for the gimbal itself. So uh, I actually installed the app for that as well to, when I was testing it out, and uh, it worked quite good. It was it definitely could have been better, but it wasn't bad. It was it, it uh, and especially when when I actually learned all the, the different um, gestures and different uh, buttons to and combinations of buttons to press to do all the different uh, vertical, horizontal, and different. Uh, tricks it can do uh, different modes and you can press the modes off of the thing itself it got that was the Zion Smooth Q4 so uh, there is a newer model now as well that a friend of mine has that's why he gave me this one to try out uh, so and then we were talking about the new DJI yeah so this is the DJI Osmo camera we were talking about earlier so and that was the gimbal that they also make as well um, we don't need new phones every year so this is on cnet.com why we don't need new phone releases every year Uh, releasing new phones less often would lessen the environmental impact and make phones exciting again i'd agree with that in certain ways you know you have even like a samsung galaxy you have 50 different versions of it you know make maybe three versions (laughs) you know make the 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 budget one the normal one and the the fancy one and which they do with you know with certain ones but make that in general or try out those interchangeable phones again where you can uh, you can buy different attachments or swap out your camera for a better one or a battery for a bigger one or something like that uh, Samsung uh, Apple and Motorola and many other companies release new flagship phones every year and it's a problem that needs to stop it's a drain on the environment and I believe it's a big reason why the mobile phone industry feels stagnant and boring right now by switching to a two or even three year update cycle phones could become more exciting again and we'd be doing the planet a massive favor uh, it, yeah I'd agree with that in certain ways yeah two or three years is is two years definitely uh, three years depends on how ahead of the game you kind of if you got the, you know say now you got the Google Pixel 7 Ultra or a Pro whatever it's called that one or the Samsung Galaxy S23 Ultra then three years later it would be still fairly up to date or the iPhone 14 Pro uh, Pro Max or something like that it would be still pretty up to date um, so uh, yeah I'd be happy enough there but if you got a phone with kind of lower specs 
uh, that was kind of maybe already a year behind like say the new um, which we were talking about last week the new nothing phone uh, which already has last year's chip in it in three years time that chip is going to be four years old uh, so you'd have to future proof to a certain degree uh, what would help as well is if they brought back um, changeable batteries where you could take out you know because even I have the nothing phone one now and it's maybe a year old, but it's in perfect condition. You know, it hasn't been dropped or damaged or anything like that. And uh, it's probably the be- <laughs> survived the best of any phone I've ever had. But it's still, I notice now it's starting to use battery a little bit quicker. I'd love to be able to take the back off like my old Nokia 3310, take out the battery, put in a new battery, even if I had to pay 50 quid for it. And put in the new battery and it, it'll give it a new lease of life also if they had kind of rules more where companies have to give like maybe a three or four year update uh, or something like that uh, as as standard with phones but um let's see what more they had to say it became standard practice for flagship phones from almost all brands uh, being refreshed every year we expect apple to release new iphones in september samsung to launch the new galaxy s series phones in january or february and google to debut new pixels in october Uh, the industry runs like clockwork and it means that there is also a flashy new product to buy uh, wherever you're upgrading from um a five-year-old handset or simply want the latest greatest tech available uh, and the, the other thing is they don't just release one new you know they s- sometimes slow release so here's the new pixel 7 and you know in a month's time you can have the pro now i don't think they do it but some companies do that they hold off on the pro i think apple might do it with certain ones or different companies do it uh, so they want you to buy one, but then you see the per- person <laughs> with the Ultra in a, in a couple of months' time, and then you want to buy that as well. Uh, so they 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 sometimes or Google do it with the cheaper one. I think they did it with the the Pixel Six. Uh, they released it, and then the Six A came later or something like that. I'm not sure if they did it with the Seven or not. Uh, it is, of course, a money-making exercise designed to make you crave the next big thing and to give you uh, your hard-earned cash. Um, to both the phone manufacturers and the cellular network providers you're likely buying from. Uh, The biggest problem with these quick update cycles is that the environmental drain it causes. The electronics industry is a dirty one from the mining of rare earth minerals to be used in all manner of device components to the factories and production lines. To the shipping of the products themselves, the environmental impact of your phone is huge. And while most companies now boast various amounts of recycled materials in their phones, the bigger help in reducing uh, that impact would simply be to release new models less often. Uh, If you look after your phone, then you can reasonably expect it to last several years. Manufacturers like uh, Apple, Samsung and OnePlus even support their phones for up to five years, which is good, which I was talking about, meaning a phone you buy today should be still going strong in 2028. Releasing phones less often would encourage people to hold on to their devices for longer, uh, keeping devices out of landfills and requiring fewer resources to produce and ship brand new phones every year. But the other problem I feel we're facing is how boring and predictable phones are these days. Bigger screens, higher resolution cameras and more powerful processors are the headline feature year after year. And genuine innovation seems to have been abandoned in favor of box ticking and incremental upgrades. I remember that. That's very true. 
I, I used to always enjoy the new uh, innovations. LG were very good. They're uh, they're really missing from the market now uh, when it comes to phones because uh, years ago I had the, the first um, wireless charging phone. I had the first double tap to wake up phone. Um, lots of new features i had the, the lg g2 like years ago i had a wireless charging i had to stand for it and everything at g2 or three g3 but uh they were way ahead of the game then one plus started and they they were kind of bringing in some innovations and uh, at low price points giving high specs and things like that but that's a different sort of thing but when it comes to innovations yeah uh there's not as much you know there's foldable phones but some people and the, you know and my, my phone the nothing phone with both of those are some people say a bit on the gimmick side but when it comes to real new innovations uh, there's not as much as there used to be I suppose a lot of it's been done but uh, you know if somebody made a camera with a, a and I know there's the periscope zoom and stuff like, but if somebody made a, a camera with a big zoom lens with an actual motorized in and out zoom lens even OnePlus and Xiaomi a few years ago had the was it the 9T and uh, the OnePlus 7 uh, Pro or something like that had the pop-up front camera which was brilliant uh, I had one, I had the, the Xiaomi one and uh, it was a completely clean front screen with no camera when you go to when you put it in selfie mode the camera pops up and that was a brilliant phone so there is lots of new innovations and uh, but uh, let's see how they link that into the article I hope that foldable phones might spark some excitement in the industry but it hasn't happened yet meanwhile Motorola's Razer uh, line skipped 2022 in most of the world and returned with a vengeance this year with a refreshing model that debuted a more useful cover screen ahead of Samsung's Galaxy Z Flip 5 um with two or three year uh, update cycles, companies could hold on to new features for longer, making the eventual launch of a new model seem like a bigger deal, uh, with more valuable upgrades uh, that we'd be excited to get a hold of. I just sat through Samsung's unpacked event where the Galaxy Z Fold 5 was unveiled, uh, a slight upgrade over the Z Fold 4. But when I compare it to the original Fold launch in 2019, the difference is huge. That's actually another thing, too. You know, once a phone has been out for a couple of months, I'd be thinking, oh, you know what? I won't bother now because they'll be already hyping up. You know, if it's if it's out for four or five months, especially, I'd be like, even the Google Pixel 7, you know, I saw there was some offers on it there. And I was saying, oh, you know, I didn't upgrade to the new version of my phone. Uh, you know that's a bit cheaper now the 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 google pixel 7 pro or something like that if i sold my phone i could trade up to that but then i was like yeah but in two months time they're going to have the new models out and it'll be already kind of out of date and i was you know i was hesitant about it but if i saw there was a sale on and oh yeah google they're not changing their phones until every two or three years so it's like a, a, a playstation you know it's okay even now three years down the line to buy a, a ps5 because you know it's it's going to be a few years down the line again before we'll we'll see anything from a ps6 so uh you know that that might be a, a good reason as well to drag it out a bit uh, because they'll still keep selling those phones and you know they can keep making the refinements and do app upgrades and uh improvements to the cameras and they can do a lot to upgrade those phones uh in the meantime to keep you buying them you know say 
start some new marketing campaigns and it'll it'll be good for the current users as well you know uh, have the marketing campaign you know the, the even if it's a phone that's a year old we now have updated the cameras and you know we have improved and added night vision and added different things which you can do in software nowadays which is done a lot and use that as a selling point to, to keep selling a phone uh, especially when people know that you know what I can buy it now even though it's a year down the line because I know it's not going to be replaced until next year or the year after uh, so yeah that's it there is benefits and they can still make the sales and it'll be easier for them when it comes to manufacturing as well they don't have to retool everything they can keep manufacturing the same phone and actually keep improving the quality of it and everything and uh, as i say, the new innovations then when it comes to hardware uh, they can they can hold off on for a couple of years but then the, the competitor will come out with a new type of screen or a new uh, a bigger camera sensor and, and people will be saying why would I keep buying this one when when, uh, when the other one has all the new the new uh, so did it have to be a kind of a almost universal thing um but it's interesting uh, phone companies could adopt a similar model to the games console yeah so exactly that's what I was just talking about PlayStation took 7 years to fully replace the PS4 with the PS5 while Canon replaced its 2016 uh, f- um, 5D Mark, f- Mark 5 with the or Mark 4 uh, with the EOS R5 in 2020 so it was 4 years and both the PS5 and the Canon R5 offered vast upgrades over their predecessors, dramatically changing the ways we use them and justifying the expense in upgrading. I spent thousands buying my Canon R5 when it launched. I wouldn't have done that if I knew it would simply be replaced next year. A uh, few of us will replace our TVs every year. Our ca- That's true. You know, I, I bought my TV three years ago and it'll probably be another three or four years before I replace it. Uh, you know it's 4k it has all the all the things you'd want so uh, why would I be replacing it it could be it could have been true if the if the the (laughs) it wasn't so aggressive the phone industry it could have been true for that too so Uh, yeah that's very interesting the Dutch company Fairphone they're talking about as well that uh, they make phone uh, in a more uh, beneficial way so Um, the the show is almost finished I can have a quick look at what else uh, I had open here a sneak peek at the 2.3 billion msg sphere so in in a madison square garden in new york that big sphere with uh that's a huge screen they, they made it at the first time was they made it look like a big basketball uh oh no it's in las vegas but it's called msg so it must be the the same people that own madison square garden opened it in las vegas i was thinking vegas but then i heard msg and i was thinking is that in new york madison square garden i thought it was but um yeah but they've opened uh, that sphere that was a couple of months ago uh, to uh, viral videos of a giant basketball in the middle of Las Vegas, so um, uh, they're they're looking at some of the technology that went into it. So there's all these uh, sphere immer- immersive sound, also that you can go on the inside as well. It's a hollow plot as well, beam forming custom content. Uh, so there's a lot of uh, f- oh yeah, there's a giant moon. <laughs> they made it look like a giant moon as well. Um, is on what all sorts of visual experiences and they they were giving out about um uh twitter turning to x and they put an x on top of our building but it's okay to have a giant glowing moon in, in the middle of las vegas i suppose las vegas is full of lights anyway um it opens with a concert by u2 
Now followed by uh, shortly after by a film presentation from Darren uh, Aronsky uh, entitled Postcard from Earth. Uh, so that's pretty cool. Uh, uh, so if anybody is visiting Vegas, they'll have to go to see the big sphere, especially at night when it's all lit up. Um, Kinder, kinder, friendlier AI chatbot Claw 2 unveiled by Anthropic. So they come up with a, a smarter or a, a nicer AI bot. Uh, Qualcomm sales and forecasts come to light as smartphone chip sales fall. So we we're talking a bit about that earlier. Uh, Super Mario Movie and Zelda game help to breathe fresh air into the Switch as uh, Nintendo posted a 52% profit surge. So that's good. iPhone maker Foxconn is to invest 600 million into a phone and chip project in India. So it's more about chips apple faces 1 billion uk lawsuit by app developers over app store fees yeah so we were talking about that as well earlier uh, so there's it's not just uh, twitter giving out about it. Uh, so that's uh that's been tech thursday for t- today hope you've enjoyed it as always you can call 069 or you can text or whatsapp 087 for any questions you might have for the next show uh, you can email myself as well patrick102fm at gmail.com and I will answer your question on the next show. I hope you've enjoyed it. I'll be with you again next week. Bye-bye. You're listening to Tech Thursday on West Limerick 102 FM.